This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 345, the G-Men and Don McAllister, an amicable arrangement. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 345. Now, uh, last week, last week, we, we were supposed to have Don McAllister on, and some things went awry, as they say. So uh, I think we're going to make up for it this week. Uh, how are you tonight, Gaz? I'm absolutely sponrific. Oh. I was just thinking, actually, 345, don't they, don't they absolutely fly by? Yeah, because I think we started about, what, two, I'd have to think back, 284, 285, something like that. It's been Somewhere over a year. Somewhere around that, yes. Yeah, yeah we, we let the one-year anniversary just, just slip by. We'll have Did to we? do something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, think, I don't think we even mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, let's do something. Let's, let's party. Yeah, woohoo! No, we like shouldn't it, really talk like about it's party, 1999, and I just got a brand yeah, new... Yeah, like it's uh, 343. Yeah, I just, got, I just got a brand new 333 megahertz G3 iMac. Woo! <laughs> uh now uh just before we started the show uh, i got a, a message from owen rubin and he has an extra goodie bag that he picked up from dr bot from MacWorld. and i think what we're going to do is we're going to have to come up with with some kind of contest and we're going to give this bag away with all this with all the good stuff inside of it and uh i i don't know Neat. what's going to be in it because i don't know if, if his goodie bag was different from my goodie bag uh, we'll see. And what what we'll do is once it's a I, lucky bag. It's a lucky bag. Ah, <laughs> I, I wanted to do an Irish accent and change my mind, which is probably a good thing. So as as soon as, soon as Owen sends that to me, I'll do a, an inventory of it and figure out what's in it, and we'll, we'll figure out some way to give it away to you, our lucky listeners. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, some, something for you. To, so, so, yeah, yeah. Some, I'm really look looking forward, forward to, to that. It. Yeah, um, yawn. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was batching it this weekend. The wife was was out of town, so it was me and the kids. Uh, oh, oh yeah, you and the kids. Yeah, oh, is that why the, the house is a wreck? And, and the wife's come back, and now you're in trouble. I'm. Oh, well, that's kind of a given. You know, I mean, I think I'm always in trouble with the wife. And uh, yeah, and a actually, the the boys more or less behave themselves. They're um, I have one that's almost fifteen, and another one that's sixteen, and uh, the sixteen year old seems to be obsessed with working out now he's he's constantly checking himself in the mirror going oh look at my abs look at my abs i look down and say yeah you got a six pack i got a one pack too much information guy no no people love <laughs> too this <stuff>. much information <laughs> well should we should we just move on to the my mac stuff uh please yeah <laughs> Okay. Uh, the, the the first thing we've got at mymac.com sure this week. You sure, it, you sure it wasn't yourself you was talking about, really? What, obsessed with working out? No, that's not me. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. Uh, the, the, the first thing at mymac.com this week is a review, and I hope I say this right. Sybilis 6. Uh, this is a program from Avid uh, by Mark Seeley. And apparently... It's a writing notation 
package available for the Mac and in a few other platforms as well. Excellent. Next is um, Pocketside po- Podcast number 11 by Squat, Scott Squat. Squat? Squat Wilsley. <laughs> Scott Wilsley. He never stands up. He and never stands the funny, up. The funny thing is, this one's actually called Stuttering Mia Culpa, and that's what I've just done. Oh, well, that so, works out really well then. <laughs> Next up is another one <laughs> from Mark Celia. And speaking of stuttering, uh, Sybilis 6 Resources Review by, oh, actually, I guess this is a book review. Yeah, a book review by Mark Seely. I think there's actually quite a lot in there, to be honest with you, because I did t- take a quick look, and there's all sorts of, um, uh, I mean, when he says sil- syllabus six resources, oh, there's all sorts of stuff sure in there. Syllabus? So, uh, yeah. This looks to me like it's Well, syllabus, syllabus you say syllabus, I say syllabus, c- oh, so, whatever it is. Yeah, I can't figure it out. <laughs> anyway, there's lots of information in that one, so sit down with a cup of coffee, because that's a long <laughs> read, I think. Okay, sounds memory. good. You got the next, next one. On, next, on, next on the website. Next on the website is uh, Peterson Birds of North America for the iPad. That's a review from Mike Breed. And we have from uh, from John Nemo the Zona Wireless Speaker System Review. And these things look like monsters. Big, big speakers. Yeah, they do look um, big. Hefty, hefty. <laughs> um, next oh, is oh, before, uh, kid, before, before kid, we before we go on before we go on. You're uh, stopping me. You're yes, stopping me. I did, Just I stop, stop doing it. it. I can't. I have to. I have to do this. Uh, John sent an audio comment in, and I'm not sure if I'm going to use this as a commercial for the Pocket Size Podcast or not. But I'm going to I'm going to preview it for everybody right here. Here it is. <laughs> John Nemo here, the MyMac Reviews Editor. In less time than it takes Guy and Gaz to get out of their introduction and dig into their man cave, you could have listened to several episodes of the Pocket Size Podcast featuring John Nemo's (laughs) World's Shortest Review Cast. Get with it! So uh, I'll have to put some music to that and clean up the audio a little bit, and uh, it'll work. Yeah. Thanks, John. (laughs) (laughs) Your turn. Okay, so next next on the website is Kids in a Tech World, Tech Fan Number Twenty Six, and um, I don't think I've listened to that yet. I no, think neither it's have I. Still in my feed. It doesn't look like David was on that one. Uh, he no. says Tim Robertson and Kevin Shea discuss raising children in the tech crazy world of today. Yeah. Oh, oh, this perfect, perfect yeah. timing. Uh, next up is a blue microphone snowball video review by Elisa. You say Pacelli, and I say Pacelli. And uh, now you said you started to watch this, Gaz? The review? <laughs> oh, I, thought, I didn't think he was going to mention that. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I started to watch it. I started to watch it, but then um, I was, um, well, basically, something else happened in the house, and I stopped watching it. But um, she was basically going through the, the snowball and uh, showing its different options. So, yeah, it's worth a watch. Okay, and last up is, well, actually, this one's yours, too. Oh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of you, Gaz. You are. I'm just, I'm just not very happy. <laughs> it's from John again. Go on, John, get happy. John, John, John Nemo. Oh, he's off. He's off. Um, and it's What's Wrong with Adobe Photoshop Elements 9 from Nemo Nemo. Nemo Nemo? No, it's Nemo Memo. Oh, I was hoping you'd miss that. No, 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 no. I, 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 I see things. I'm watching. <laughs> um, 
we we got some we got some feedback this week. This this show is really starting off weird today, isn't it? Uh, we got some feedback. A, a lot of it from A. McShane. Thank you. Uh, he was talking about trying to record his pubcast, and apparently it, it didn't work out that well. And he can't figure out if it's a combination of himself. And the application that he used to record it with. And, and he said he'll get back to us on that. I'm hoping that the microphone works out well because uh, I'm thinking about getting one of those myself. Gaz? Are you there? Yes. I am. There's, there's, I think we've got some delay going here. We've got, this is, I was just thinking the same thing myself. We've got a mega delay, which we have never had before. All right, um, I think we're going to have to stop recording for a second and uh, reload. So everyone, uh, hold on a second, and we'll be right back. And no, this isn't a commercial break. Ha ha ha. All right, sorry about that, folks. I uh, had a little technical difficulty with, with GarageBand. Apparently, it was putting about a second and a half delay on, on what I was saying, what they were hearing, what they were saying, and I was hearing, which is why. Oh, it was all confusing. Yeah. It was just throwing. It was throwing me off completely. Hearing you talking over me and then not talking over me. Oh, just too much to handle. Yeah, well, I, I never talk over you, do I? No, no, I, I never do. No. Anyway, <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> we've had we've had some more um, Twitter feedback. Uh, we actually had a Follow Friday suggestion um, at Gazmazen at Mac Parrot. <laughs> and if you don't already listen to their My Mac podcast, you should do. It's great. It's a great listen. And that's from Sambagger Thirteen. Yep. Actually, it's Bill. Actually, it's Bill Patterson. But don't tell. Don't tell everyone. Okay, I won't tell everyone that that Sandbagger Thirteen is Bill Patterson. Thanks, Bill Patterson, <laughs> who is also Sandbagger Thirteen. <laughs> and we also had an audio uh, clip from uh, our friend, our good friend, Alison Sheridan. Yes, we do. And here it is right now. Hey, Guy and Gaz. This is Alison Sheridan of the No Silicast Podcast. I was listening to a show from, uh, I think it's a couple of weeks ago, where you were talking to Tim about his problem with GarageBand saying that the hard drive's too slow. I wanted to weigh in with no helpful information whatsoever. Oh, good. I don't get that very often, but I do get it every <laughs> once in a while, and I have yet to figure out what makes it happen every once in a while. Let me give you an idea of my setup where I don't get it. And this kind of compares, I think he said he had a 2009 MacBook Pro. I have a 2008 MacBook Pro running at 2.13 gigahertz, and uh, it's got a 5400 RPM drive, so it's not a fast drive. It's an Intel Core 2 Duo, and I run simultaneously GarageBand to do the podcast recording. At the same time, I'm running Ustream Producer Pro to create the live show output to uh, Ustream. I'm running Desktop Presenter to present my uh, video of my desktop. I've got Cam Twist running to enter the live chat room uh, with it to allow the chat to show up in the live show. I've got Audio Hijack Pro hijacking the audio from GarageBand and my microphone, shoving it into Ustream Producer Pro so that it comes through on the live show. And I'm running Colloquy so that I could be in the live chat as well. All of these things together take up just about 98% of my processors. <laughs> and I'm recording to GarageBand while I'm doing this. And I very, very rarely get that hard drive too slow error. But I do sometimes. I don't know why. Like I said, no helpful information whatsoever. But I don't know that it's the hard drive speed because I don't get it very often. I also noticed that you played the Square Peg song. And I don't know anybody else who remembers that TV show. But perhaps you realize that there's a connection between Square Pegs and Star Trek. 
Oh, oh as that's as it a, for now. Talk to you guys again soon. As a matter of fact, I I have listened. I I forgot that I had listened to this comment, and I do know what the connection is between the the American television show Square Pegs and Star Trek. One of the characters in Square Pegs played Captain Kirk's son who was in the second and third movies and was killed by the Klingons in the third movie. Do you remember that, Gaz? Or were you not no. a Star Trek person? <laughs> I think his name <laughs> well, was, look, was look, Merrick look, Butler. Guy, 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 yeah. guy. Even if I didn't see it, I wouldn't remember it. <laughs> okay, well, he had curly blonde hair and he was killed but, by a Klingon. All, all I've got to say about Should that, have had a red Alison, shirt is on. thank you. All <laughs> I can say about that, Alison, is thank you very much. And I think you were just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's like more stuff than I used to run on my, on my old 24-inch iMac, <laughs> where it used to happen like, what, two, three times a show sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Alison was just showing off there, telling us all the things that she runs. <laughs> anyway, she's got a new MacBook Pro, but more about that another time, perhaps. We've also got some email, I believe, Guy. Yes, from John Baptiste, I think is how his name is pronounced. And he writes mm -hmm. in, I was listening to the episode, My Mac Podcast, number 344. Gaz was talking about his RSS reader. Have you guys checked this app out, iCatcher? It allows you to download all your podcasts without iTunes and your RSS feeds. Also, you guys don't talk about jailbreaking. What's your take on it? Well... Uh, John, I on base, just based on on you talking to me, uh, I downloaded a program called Stitcher, which is an iOS app. And uh, in the notes here, I said I haven't had a chance to try it out yet, but I have tried it, and it works really, really well. And I think it's kind of the same as as iCatcher. Um, you didn't say whether iCatcher was an iOS or a Mac app. But I think these kind of work the same way where it, it kind of streams, you know, live radio and podcasts and, and whatever it is that you put into the favorites without actually having to sync. And that's a it's it's a it's a great program. Um, I must admit, there are times when I'd, I'd want one for my um, iOS device if I was going to have uh, an app to do that, because um, there are times when I'm out and about and I think I've run out of podcasts. And I need, I need, I need my dose of podcasts. And <laughs> obviously, you can't sync it up, so you've got to kind of remember the ones that you, you know, you you subscribe right. to, and then go out and look see if there's a new one. So I think it would be quite useful to have one of these. As to jailbreaking, I think perhaps we could have a conversation with a certain other person that we might be talking to after the first break. What do you uh, reckon, guy? Yeah, I think I think we can say that for there. And uh, yeah. I think we are right at about the the magic number to take a break. So yep. if everyone will please stand by to stand by, I, I, I just love this thing. We'll be right back. Oh, dear, you're singing. the MyMac family of podcasts, Tech Fan, hosted by Tim Robertson and me, David Cohen. If it moves air and it keeps you cool, then this is the podcast for you. We cover ceiling fans, desk fans, swamp coolers and air conditioners. If it's to do about air displacement and you want to geek out on that, then this is right up your street. Hello? 
Oh, hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm just recording a trailer for the new podcast. What do you mean you've reconsidered the concept? What, you don't want to cover fans anymore? Technology? Well, I suppose, yeah, we know a bit about it. Well, you've been doing it for 20 years or so, haven't you? You want to geek out on technology instead. But how are we going to change the name of the show, then? Oh, I see. Fans of technology. Okay, I guess that'll work. You're the boss. Okay, catch you later. Tech fan. It's not about fans, but it is about tech. Like an 80-year-old man jogging on a nudist beach. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, welcome back after that musical interlude. Wait, they used to call them interludes, didn't they? That was the thing. So, And Guy is still with me, but I hope Guy is still with me after yeah. our early um, incident with, uh, with Skype or weirdness, whatever you want to call it. And we also have somebody who's back from a party. Well, I hope he's back from a party. Um, Mr. Don McAllister from Screencast Online. Don, are you there? Yes, I'm here with my head hung low. So totally ashamed of screwing up last week and, and the pain and the aggravation that I put you through and the embarrassment and yeah I'm here today anyway so left with that all behind us. Well, yeah. guy, do you, do you, guy, do you think do you, do you think that's enough for us not to sue him now? Wait, I'm thinking. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll You're thinking. Okay. <laughs> well, I, the, the the weird thing was, um, I I don't even know where the hell I was going with that. That's how weird it, it was. No, I, I had this, we this had train of thought, and it, it kind of left the station without me. So we'll just soldier oh. right on. Okay. <laughs> how are you, Don? Yeah, we are. We are. I am fine. <laughs> me and my alter ego are very, very good. No, 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 you've I'm, got I'm very well. Very. You, you do uh, screencasts online, which is a subscription mm -hmm. service. For now, now is it just Mac, or do you also do Windows applications? Uh, it's it's mainly um, the Apple ecosystem, so it is really just Mac. It started off as just Mac, but obviously, as the iPhones come out and the iPad, etc., I have the occasional um, foray into that sort of area as well. Um, not not so much. It's it's still predominant. I would say it's probably still about eighty percent Mac applications and the Mac OS, um, and then about twenty percent of iPhone and iPad stuff. But you know that that might creep up over time because I think we're we're all starting to use the uh, the iPhone and especially the iPad more and more these days. And there's so many great applications coming out for them now, uh, and there's lots of integration as well. You know, it's not just a single iOS app now. It's you know sometimes we have a Mac true, client yeah. or a web service. You know, so there's, uh, there's yeah, a lot of I stuff happening. Yeah, I suppose when you're doing a show, Don, you've got you, you, <laughs> sometimes you've got to think about the whole ecosphere, haven't you? You can't just think about one particular. Like I, I remember when I started watching the shows that you know they were very specific, or you were aiming them more specifically at the um, the iLife range of apps, mm -hmm. um, and you would you know there was very specific shows about those particular apps, and sure. that was kind of it. But now, when you talk about the likes of Dropbox, for instance, yeah. you've got to incorporate that into not only obviously using it on the Mac, but you've got to incorporate it into using the um, iOS devices, and also mention that it can be used elsewhere within you know. 
Heaven, well, that's forbid, right, yeah. that's heaven right. forbid people use Windows machines. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's everything's so interconnected now. I mean, um, you know, with the iPad and with AirPlay coming out, and, um, you know, there's a real need now for a, a really good Wi-Fi setup at home. So last week I did a um, like an hour show all about setting up, um, you know, dual-band networks within your house using uh, yeah. 802.11n, 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. Now, that was a particularly quite uh, technical show. But, you know, I have to throw them in every now and again. I have to keep in mind that there are people who are brand new to the Mac as well. So I have to keep uh, sort of, you know, sort of fairly basic level shows in there as well. Also, I can't just sort of sort of drone on about, uh, you know, expensive software every week because, you know, people can't afford to buy all this great software. So some weeks that has to be a free component as well, whereby, you know, people can actually go and download something and use it for free. So there's lots of considerations on, on um, you know, how I actually choose what I'm going to do for that particular week. And because I don't record it too far in advance, I can stay fairly current. So if something brand new, uh, whiz-bang, comes out that I'm really impressed with, I can actually jump on it and do it, you know, normally with a week or two. So uh, I can try to keep it all fairly flexible, but, but try and cover the wide range of Mac, iPad, uh, OS ten, you know, Apple hardware as well. So what, what, what is and the software had, that had, you, you – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gaz. No, no, you carry on, guy. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, what is the, the, the main screen capturing software that you use Right. Well, I suppose there are three um, three bits of software I use to create the the, the podcasts, the, the video tutorials, or screencasts, as they're called, with being screencasts online. I use uh, ScreenFlow, which is the main capture tool. So I'll use that to capture all the um, the video output from my. Uh, currently using a MacBook Air as my sort of workstation where I do all the nice. recording, and then I'll bring that across and drop that into uh, Final Cut Pro to do, like, the final editing. So I might do some... The, the nice thing with ScreenFlow is it's both a, a capture tool and an editing tool as well, and you could, you know, quite easily create an entire screencast just using ScreenFlow. But uh, when I started, uh, ScreenFlow wasn't available. It was it was uh, some, other, uh, some other very rudimentary capture tools, and I had to use Final Cut Pro. So I sort of got into the, you know, into the... Um, uh, using Final Cut Pro as my main tool. So I'll take it out of ScreenFlow, drop it into Final Cut Pro, and then I'll use... Sometimes I'll use a bit of motion as well, which is another part of Final Cut Studio for effects or for lower thirds and things like that. So they're the three main sort of content creation tools that I use. How, how do you think your show's changed over the over the years? I mean, I, I'd seen a definite um, a definite change in the way the programs um, appear. I mean, there are a lot. The, the, the professionalism of them now is just superb. You know, and I'm not just saying that because you're on. Yeah. Cause I do I do enjoy watching them. <laughs> Thank and, you, for that, you know, yeah. and and they are very very slick. And I, yeah. I I was thinking about this the other day, and obviously knowing you coming on after you know we decided not to see you, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I was and I was thinking about that very um, you know some of those early um, early shows specifically yeah. about iPhoto because that's pretty much I think that's the first one I watched, uh, and I just remember you know the cats in being involved in the iPhoto. <laughs> Yeah, the video clip. And, that's right, um, that's right. When I look back at that and, you know, I see the difference now, you know, presumably you doing it every week, you're so close to it. Do you see a difference or do you aim to change something slightly each week yeah, or, or, great, or as you're going on? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I mean, you have the benefit of actually going back and looking at some of the older shows. I mean, I would never do that. Good grief. I'd, I'd be mortified <laughs> if I went back and looked at the first couple of shows. 
<laughs> so I haven't done that for a while, you know. Although, in, in fairness, I, there are occasions when, I mean, you know, I sort of go in quite in depth and I'm learning a particular topic uh, with, the, with the aim of showing it to other people in the show. So uh, sometimes I go slightly more deeper than anyone else might do. Uh, and then, you know, if I don't use that package for a few months and then I need to do something with it, I, I will actually go back and watch my own show to remind myself, you know, of some of the bits that I actually learned about it. So I, I do watch some of the older ones, but certainly not the very, very early ones. I, I think it's it's practice. You know, I've been doing it now for uh, for five years or so, um, creating a show every week. Obviously, you, you build up a certain skill level. You, you sort of learn certain shortcuts. Uh, you, you sort of adapt into a certain way of working. Um, and I think over time, I've, I've sort of adopted a, a, a certain style as well. So um, not just a visual style, although there is a, a definite visual style to how the show is put together, you know, with a sort of consistent use of, of graphics and uh, um, certain transitions and things represent different things. Um, but but I, I think just basically, you know, I've just become better at it the more practice I've had. And, you know, after five years... Um, people are often surprised that I can actually create a show each week because um, I've recently moved. I, I tried doing one show every two weeks, an extended show, but um, although that went down very well, I, I felt as though that sort of the, the week I didn't put anything out, I was sort of missing something. So I, I felt as though I do need to put something out every week. So what I do now is I do a long show one week and then just a short 15 minute show. On the intervening weeks and then another long show so it's um in fact members are getting more content now than they used to it's just that it's easier for me to produce a long show and a short show it gives me a bit more sort of time um but um yeah it, it's just there's a certain layer of gloss that i can put on this now because i'm quite used to to doing it and yeah. you know i've sort of got the speed up now because i'm, I'm familiar with the, the overall process um the, the the hardest thing probably is the um the preparation, you know, sort of working out what I'm going to cover and how I'm going to cover it. The actual recording itself is fairly easy, uh, and then it's the post-production. But when I say easy, you have to sort of be in the zone to do it. Um, but then the process after that, uh, the post-production processes can be quite involved. I've actually got some people helping me out on that now. I'm trying to sort of work work smarter, not harder. So I've got people <laughs> who, uh, who actually do... Um, some of the assembly edit for me so you know remove all the, the mistakes i make and then give it back to me and then i finish off the final show well i certainly agree with you on the uh you know getting stuff ready i know that guy, guy very often and most of the time puts um, most of the show notes together for for what we do here which are you know we we keep them fairly open but mm-hmm. when i do the 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 segment for for mac eyes only on that uh, the european segment you know the, uh, it's incredible that a five-minute audio piece yeah. can take me two hours to prepare. Oh, Jesus, find yeah. it, I just find it incredible. What's that? Incredible. So that's why I'm, I'm quite relieved. I'm quite relieved that Guy does as much he does on here. To be honest with you. So, there you go, Guy. That's a thank you. Well, Don, do you, how, how much how much do you script out what it is that you're going to say ahead of time, or or is is it does it because of um, the nature of the beast, you pretty much have to script it out. No, not really. I, I mean, I have to outline it. So it's um, uh, I'll, I'll script out the introduction because that's uh, you know, there's some definite things I want to put across in the introduction. But that's only, and I try and keep the introduction as short as possible. To be honest, because it's it's quite difficult doing the introduction because you're not actually showing anything on screen. So if I do a a long introduction, I have to sort of put extra graphics and things, and that takes more work to do. So I try and keep the introduction down to you know a minute, two minutes, and then I'll outline how the show is going to flow, the, the various points that I want to get across, the various various areas I want to cover. And then uh, basically you know, just record them in, in short three or four-minute blocks and, and tackle each particular outline point uh, as we come to it. I mean, it, it might change as I'm going through. I might have a different idea or 
or I, I might do something that might lead on to something else slightly out of sequence. But um, no, I definitely follow an outline and then sort of script the outro part you know, when I'm actually finished. Now, this is, this is, this is your main gig um, now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it has been now since, uh, well, since 2006 now, so it's, uh, it's five years, getting, well, it's over five years now that I've been doing this as a, as a full-time venture. Can you can you explain to the the, the listeners, um, you know what it is that that they would need to do to subscribe to your pod to your podcast to your screencasts and and some of the benefits that yeah, they can yeah, receive for doing that. Uh, sure, yeah. There's there's a page all about it over at screencastonline.com slash extra. That's sort of like the, the signing up page. But basically what it is, it's, um, it's a membership scheme. Um, I do put out some free content. So um, once every month there's a show, um, a slightly cut down show now, but it's, uh, there's a, a show that goes out every month, and that's for, that's for free. So people can actually download that in iTunes and check it out. Um, but each week I, I do a full show, which is for members. And um, the membership currently is uh, it's like an introduction fee of $57 for three months. So that sort of like gets you into the, uh, into the membership scheme, gives you access to the back catalogue. And the back catalogue now is fairly significant. It's, um, it's about, about 300 episodes now that uh, when you sign up, you get immediate access to the previous you know, five or six years' worth of shows. And a lot of those shows are still... Um, they're still current, you know. Um, sure. Software might have been updated, but the basics of them are still there. So, uh, you know, a good percentage of that back catalog is, is still valid now. So that's a that's a, a good thing for people to buy into. But from that point on, so for three months, you you then get a show each week, one of the member shows, and that's produced each week and pushed out through iTunes. There's also a member's website. We can go and download them from the website or watch them on the website if you want. And then after the three months. Um, if you've had enough, fine, you can just walk away from that point. But if you want to carry on, there's a, a renewal process then, and that's a lot cheaper than the joining fee. That's only, um, I think currently it's about $12.50 for three months. Uh, or you can, or if you want to stay a member for longer, you know, it, it becomes cheaper. So it's, what, $25 for six months and then $45 for a year. So, you know, it's a fairly low-cost um, investment, really, and uh, you get all this Mac training every week. Uh, and it's all current stuff. As I say, it's... Uh, um, near enough an hour show one week and then about a 15 20 minute show the next week but, and you uh, talked and talking about resources don you've got a fairly active uh, forum uh, on the site as well haven't you indeed yeah that's that's open to everybody so uh, you don't have to be a member to be a forum although there is a member section on the forum but that's great because that's um uh, that's a place whereby you can go to if you have any particular questions about a show that you've watched or if you want to you know, ask questions or or give more information um, because you know I don't profess to be an expert in everything. It would be impossible to be an expert in everything. So you know, um, people do come along to the forums and, and discuss what's been covered on that particular week's show. So that's a great resource for people to go along to. Like I did uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did uh, a really a really good show about Handbrake. And uh, although Handbrake is a great tool for video encoding, it can be a pain if you've got multiple files that you want to encode because there's no yeah, batch mechanism yeah. built into Handbrake. So yeah. I discovered a script on the internet, and uh, I, I taught people through setting up this Apple script to automate uh, Handbrake, how to set up folder actions as well, using folder action scripts, and also even how to set up uh, an Apple script as, a, as a, an OS X service. And that was great. People, people loved it. But then people went away and actually uh, started to edit the Apple script that I showed on screen and, you know, made some nice tweaks and, and, and changed it to, to make it more automated and posted that on the, on the forum. And that's, you know, people can go along and just download that. So yeah, it's a really good service. Yeah. Have you, have you done much in the way with automator? I don't, you know, I can't remember. I know you touched it occasionally. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, I think there's a, a, a 
there is an individual show about Automator, but I've touched it on. Uh, see, again, this is where the integration of Mac and everything comes in. Uh, I sort yeah. of touched on it again in other uh, other shows. One of the things that I'd like to do, and one of the reasons why I'm trying to sort of make more space for myself, is to um, is to go in and, and change the website so uh, sort of expose more of the content because it's quite difficult to keep track or even to go in and search, you know, all this content to find out just the bits that you might want. You know, if you if you are particularly looking for uh, some Apple Script help, you know, it would be nice to go in and just search for all those f- episodes that contain Apple Script or even just the segments of shows that contain Apple Script or automated-type things and pull them out. Uh, not quite there yet, although there is a search mechanism on the website. But uh, I'd like to spend some time and, and sort of sort out that side of things. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm sure that we'll get back to uh, a piece of software that you, you mentioned earlier that you use, but I, I want to ask you a question. Now, everybody often asks you about your process and what you use and the software you use. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, you're obviously a big Mac fan. Yeah. I assume that the rest of the family are Mac users as well. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, so what sort of software do they use? <laughs> that's a good question whatever I tell them to use basically <laughs> no it's um, it's it's a bit strange actually because none of the family are really um, into computers at all or into the Macs they all use Macs uh, I mean I've got my wife works with me uh, within the business and she does a lot of the admin side so she works on a Mac and uh, you know uses mail a lot um, she doesn't really use much else other than you know the general admin tools that that she uses. Uh, in fact, I, I hate to say this, but she she actually likes Microsoft Office on the Mac, which well, she doesn't like it, but that's what she's familiar with. So she uses she uses that. I know, I know. I've tried to get it over to Pages. I've said Look, it's so much easier. <laughs> Look, it just works. But no. Well, she's is she sharing a lot of documents with drag other people? Images around them. Is she sharing? No, a lot not of- really. Not really. So that, again. No, yeah. it's all it's all sort of in house stuff, so there's no reason. She's just familiar with it, so that's. Uh, but before fine. before we go any um, farther, my son and daughter both. I, I'm sorry go to on. interrupt, Don. This thing the, we're having delay problems again. So I'm uh, oh, okay. Once again, I, I apologize to the listeners. I'm going to have to uh, to do a quick stop and and a little bit of maintenance and figure out why the why the heck we're having this delay problem. So everyone, hold on a second. Okay, we are we are back again, and I apologize to the, the the listeners for this somewhat disjointed mymac.com podcast. And of, of course, we are speaking with Don McAllister. <laughs> At least I we hope I hope yeah. we're talking to Don I'm, McAllister. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but just before um, a Guy ruined the recording, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all my fault. Do you, do you do you think that was a little harsh of me, Don? Sad. Guy is sad. Guy, Guy is sad. sad. <laughs> um, we we were talking about the, uh, your family using the Mac, and you know it, it, that kind of seemed to throw you a little bit. But if I think about it, if anybody says to me, "Okay, Gary, so what do your family use?" and I'd go, um, "Oh, um, well, actually, Mrs. Gaz uses Word as well." Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, it must be. But I'll, I'll give her an excuse there. She works in a school, and right. they they just don't know anything other than yeah. Microsoft. Mm-hmm. They really don't, which is a real shame. Um, well, now, in my wife's defense as well, she used to teach Microsoft 
so that's that's why she knows it so well. So. Okay, but but at least she's using it on the Mac, I assume. Oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. 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 There are yeah. there are no PCs left, are they? They were all long gone. So so my daughter, I've got a, a um, I've got a son who's at uh, university. He's got uh, a MacBook Pro. Uh, and I've got a daughter who's at Theatre College, and again, she's got a MacBook Pro as well. So they they both use Macs, but uh, they always tease me. You know, if something goes wrong, you know, I thought these Macs never did. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you how do you record the Windows segments then? When, when there's which, a Windows for, part of it, for um, for whatever if you're talking like about iTunes or uh, yeah, Windows I mean, interacting with iOS. Yeah, and um, if if I do, I'll just use something like VMware or Parallels. Um, and then record that on the Mac. So that's what I've done in the past. Although, to be honest, I've not really touched Windows for a long time. In fact, I've got an outstanding request from several people that want me to revisit sort of uh, VMware and Parallels, especially because uh, Parallels was in one of the recent Mac update bundles that came out. So I'm, right. I'm gonna, probably going to do a show in the next month or two uh, sort of comparing VMware and Parallels. And also the, there's a free option as well now, isn't there? I think that you can get a, a free uh, emulator or, or virtual machine software. So uh, I'll have a look at that shortly. Yeah, I think that was from uh, Sun. Was that from Sun? The free yeah, one? it could yes. be that. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have used that, but um, I, well, yeah, I used it some time ago, um, <laughs> and it, it was missing. It was missing on some, you know, features which the other applications yeah. had. It, it didn't but give I mean, you the warm and fuzzies like no, but, but parallel, to be honest, with, does. but to be honest, no, but to be honest with you, guy, I kind of you know just stopped using Windows. To be honest, with mm. you. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got three operating systems on on this particular computer i've got a windows 7 partition with boot camp that again i typically you know go into it through vmware uh i've got the developer version of lion that i'm still just kind of playing around with and then of course 10.6 point whatever seven now you said that you were using uh final cut pro for for like your your end result Mm-hmm. And are you? I guess you're using the latest one, numbers uh, Final Cut Pro Seven. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've been using that for uh, well since that came out. I, I think I started about three or four, three or four versions ago. So yeah, this, we're up to version seven now. Yeah, and the upgrade path is is so weird. The it's very strange. Yeah, the there's a new version of Final Cut Pro that's said to be coming out, or at least it's going to be demoed at the National Association of Broadcasters show at the super meet on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. April 12th. And the weird thing is avid was, and even though that this, this, sorry, sorry guy on Wednesday, April 12th, I thought today was the 12th and it's Tuesday. Oh, okay. Quite right. Because, because I, I must admit, I, I believe that it's there. there, There's going to be, um, an Apple executive at that super meet later today. Cause I was listening to a, Another podcast, so um, there's, <laughs> another podcast, there, yeah, another podcast, and there's <laughs> and there's 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 lots of rumors about what it what they might be doing with it, of course. Well, because Canon and Avid were supposed to also be on stage doing some stuff at this Supermate, and the weird thing is, why is Avid at an at a Final Cut Pro users group Supermeet? Other than to, you know, I, 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 that part I didn't really understand, but basically Canon, both Canon and, and Avid were told to uh, pack their bags and not to bother to show up because I think Apple is reserved almost the entire time. Uh, are, are you looking forward to a new version of Final Cut Pro? And what was it? Oh, that, what is it that you'd yeah. like to see in a new version? 
Um, it, it's difficult to say actually because I, I mean, at the moment, I mean, Final Cut Pro is is a is a pro level application. I mean, people use it to make proper movies. You know, it's a, it's 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 actually a full blown video editing package that uh, you know the people in the industry, the movie industry, use to make proper proper movies. So I I barely scratch the surface of what it's capable of. But there are a few things that. Um, uh, are irritating. It's a, it's a fairly old interface. You know, the interface is, is really showing yeah. its age. There's a few performance-related things that uh, uh, aren't too good. You know, it could and compressor, which is the uh, it's sort of like it's the application it used to encode is a little bit long in the tooth and has all sorts of problems with distributed uh, in a distributed environment. So there's lots of things they could they could do. But I'm just a bit curious to know because it has actually been previewed already. They did invite uh, a group of cinematographers and video editors down to Cupertino uh, a month or two ago, and uh, actually gave them a demo of the new version of Final Cut Pro. Uh, but of course, they were all under strict NDA, so they couldn't right. actually talk about it. But uh, everyone who's come back that I've I've heard of have been blown away by what they saw, and uh, that, that confuses me slightly because. Because it is uh, a tool that's used by industry, I, I wouldn't really have expected them to tweak it that much to, you know, as regards to user interface, say, or, or the uh, the workflow. Because you know, people are ingrained in using. There are people who who use Final Cut Pro, you know, seven days a week. It's it's their job to use Final Cut Pro. So I wouldn't have thought they'd uh, take the risk of making wide wholesale changes to the application to the user interface but the impression I'm getting is that they have actually done that you know they've that they've actually made some fundamental changes to the application uh, actually what they've done I've got no idea and that's why I'm quite curious to find out uh, when this thing does get announced later on uh, actually I think it's it's in about four or five hours time I think actually yeah that's, that's right so, that's yeah. right well remember and, I mean, as well that, think... that you know they, they did go to Cupertino which has the uh, you know the, the full blast of the reality distortion <laughs> field so you know that as, well, as, as they walk into the room they go yeah here have a chocolate have a chocolate. Have a chocolate. <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of Kool Aid there. Isn't yeah, there? very, um, very much so. I mean, one of the big things that they, you know, I've certainly heard people talk about. I mean, I don't use the application, but one of the big things that I've heard people talking about is they've got to be making it 64 bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I'm something sure. like this, something that you know, something that uses the raw horsepower of a machine. Yeah, got yeah. To. And you figure, you know. Apple is using most of the the latest processors from Intel, which are all 64-bit ready. And there's there's no reason why on, you know, because at at this point, do they even make a machine that doesn't have a 64-bit processor? I don't think so. I would doubt it, to be honest. Yeah, I would doubt it. So they they really need to kind of step up and and you know make sure not only that their that their OS is sixty four bit ready which I I believe Snow Leopard was but you had to kind of on you know when you started it up hold down some key combination to make mm-hmm. it happen but I believe Lion out of the gate is going to be sixty four bit so sure. they also have to yeah. make sure that their applications are sixty four bit as well. Yeah, and of course they've got the Thunderbolt technology as well, which they can take advantage of now in the in the newer machines. Um, you know, I can see a whole a new range of Mac Pros coming out with Thunderbolt, or um, you know, because if it, it's a video editor's dream to have this uh, high throughput uh, interface that will, once they create the peripherals for it, that will give you really fast throughput on uh, on drives for for encoding and and ripping and whatever. Um, so that's uh, that's going to be fairly exciting when they they announce that on the new machines as well. Do you reckon it'll be available through the App Store? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I would think Final so. Cut Pro. Yeah, think. You think that'll be available mm-hmm. through the App Store? 
Yeah. I, I, I can't see them. Uh, yeah, that well, they, they, that would they, be like the most expensive app on there, I bet. Well, we don't know because they might revise the pricing. I mean, they did that with Aperture, didn't they? They brought the price of Aperture down to uh, That's um, true. real estate. And they've also they've got Final Cut Express as well, so we don't know what's going to happen with Final Cut Pro and Final Cut Express. You know, do, will they merge them? Will there still be a consumer version of Final Cut Pro called Express? What's the, uh, the you know what's the charging going to be? Um, yeah. But as far as as far as delivering it via the App Store, I mean, they've done that now with the Lion Developer Preview. Um, they've delivered a whole operating system via um, the App Store. Um, so, uh, although there is a lot of DVDs with Final Cut Pro, I have to say, with all the the sample stuff and uh, all, yeah. all the uh, the assets that you get for it as well, but it would surprise me if it wasn't available through the uh, through the App Store. Have you ever tried any of the other major uh, movie editing software packages like Premiere or Premiere Elements? I did use Premiere before I moved across to the Mac. I did some video projects, just home video projects, using uh, I think it was Premiere. Um, and it was okay, but I, I found that, uh, in fact, one of the things that when I first moved across the map blew me away was that when I did video encoding or, or video editing on a, on a PC, um, once you'd done the video edit and you set it up and, and started off the, uh, the rendering or the encoding job to produce the final output, that was it. You basically had to walk away from the PC because you couldn't use it for anything else. It would just, no. you know, it'd just be overloaded. And there's just no way Windows wouldn't open or anything. You couldn't switch between Windows while it was crunching all this data. And then I got uh, my very first Mac was the Mac Mini. And, of course, with the Mac Mini, we got iLife. And with iLife, we got iMovie. And I actually started using iMovie. And I was blown away at just how responsive it was. Even when it was producing the final output, You could the machine just carried on working. It, it, it was amazing. And even to this day now, you know, if I'm doing encoding jobs on my Mac Pro, although Fair enough, it's a, it's a much bigger machine. It's got the eight processors in. But even if all eight cores are, are, are fully maxed out doing encoding jobs, uh, I can still use the machine in a workstation. It's perfectly functioning. It'll just carry on doing background tasks and things. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Gaz? Guy? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I'm so I'm so concerned about this delay happening again now that it's kind of got us into a grip. It's got us into a power grip. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it is seriously messing with our heads. Um, why, why don't we Why don't we take a break and get get our get our thoughts back together again? And um, yep. we'll be back Definitely. with Don. Definitely. We have a few other things that we're going to talk about. And uh, yeah, I, well, we're still going to talk about jailbreaking. Yes, yes, mm. yes. That that is going to come up in the next section. So, Gaz, you want to take us out? Yes, stand by, just stand by, and we'll be right back. You're having a hard time, and lately you don't feel so good. You're getting a bad reputation in your neighborhood. It's all right, it's all right, sometimes that's what it takes. John Nemo here, the MyMac Reviews Editor. In less time than it takes Guy and Gaz to get out of their introduction and dig into their man cave, you could have listened to several episodes of the Pocket Size Podcast featuring John Nemo's World Shortest Review Cast. Get with it!
frantically looking up the plural of defecating, the G-Men, on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the third segment of a very, very odd show, which has absolutely nothing to do with our guest and more to do with my with my particular setup. Don is not well, odd, you, or at least don't you say that? that. I know You're not odd, are you, Don? Um, no, try try not to be. A <laughs> um, couple things to talk about. Uh, first up, there was an update to GarageBand for the Mac that allows it to import iPad GarageBand band files. Have 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 either one of you had a chance to play around with GarageBand for the iPad? My girls use it all the time. They've been doing some pretty spectacular stuff on it, to be honest with you. But um, that was one thing that I thought was missing when it first came out. And that you know, the fact that you couldn't. Well, in fact, now let, let me get this right. Yeah. Was it i iMovie could be imported and GarageBand couldn't? I was thought right it was the it, other way around. I thought it was yeah, yeah, GarageBand yeah. was supposed to be able to be imported, but you couldn't import iMovie files. And I think it's still. I don't know if you can go back and forth with iMovie on the Mac and iMovie for iOS. So so I'm a bit confused to this update. Yeah, I think what happened was they, they announced that you, you could, when, when it was launched, they announced that you yeah. would be able to take your GarageBand files and pop them into GarageBand on the Mac, but they just, they just didn't it, release it. It just didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work, yeah. <laughs> they, they must have been caught out by the, uh, the update that was required, but and it took them slightly longer than uh, anticipated, but... Ah. Uh, Okay. That sort of fixed the uh, the original problem. That's why, because so. I I kind of thought, well, hang on a minute, why are they updating it? I thought it could do that already. So no, so, no I so, think it was supposed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, the girls definitely use it. So there, there's going to be a point when they're going to be importing it into uh, uh, certainly importing it into uh, um, or into GarageBand on the Mac because they're doing some pretty cool stuff actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an amazing program. Uh, now you also do. I'm talking to Don. You also do. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. iOS demos and, and things along those lines for screencasts mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Now, prior to iOS version 4.3, there was no way to output your iOS device to a- another monitor. Is that correct? Um, not officially, that's right, unless right. you had an application that had been written to output to through the uh, 30-pin connector. But very few and far between. You, you could actually capture the uh, um, the actual, you know, the, the springboard, the actual display itself, or any other applications. Well, tell us, Don. He said, mm-hmm. knowing what the answer is. How did you <laughs> manage to to get screen captures of iOS programs? Well, the only way I could do it, and I still do it now, to be honest, is to use a jailbroken iOS device because. Um, the actual machine itself is capable uh, of uh, of capturing a high resolution video at a decent frame rate. It's just that Apple had decided not to to give it to us in in version one. But um, once the machine's jailbroken, uh, there are there, there are two applications: one called Display Out, and one called Display Recorder. Uh, Display Out just basically echoes whatever is on your iPad screen out through the VGA connector, so that you can actually um, well, um, there was a problem there. What do you do? How do you capture it if you actually get that? And I, I used um, a VGA to USB adapter, uh, which was fairly expensive, to be honest. But that enabled you to take the VGA output from the iPad 1 and then convert it um, to a format that you could capture on a Mac and capture it that way. Uh, but Display Recorder, which came along after Display Out, actually allowed you to um, record 
what was actually happening on your iPad on the iPad itself. It would actually create a movie file that you could then uh, sort of take off the iPad and uh, convert on your Mac and, and do it that way. So, um, and, and that's, that's been fantastic. That's been a really you know, a great boon for people who are doing screencasts that you could actually use those. But the problem being with it being jailbroken, you're always two or three versions you know, away yeah. from the current version because if they bring out a new version, it's got to be the jailbreak has got to be reproved and they've got to rewrite the app. And it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a major and, pain. And- yeah, and that's the one thing that I find, Guy, that, you know, about jailbreaking. I, I've, I, at this, to this point now, I've not had any requirement to jailbreak either the iPod Touch when it first, you know, when I first had it, and certainly not going to jailbreak it now, even though it's a, you know, it's a first gen and it really wouldn't matter what I'd do to it, to be honest with you. But I've had no inclination to, to actually jailbreak the, the iPad at all. Um, but I, I think if you've got a very specific requirement like Don right, had, exactly. then, you know, that, for me, I'd much prefer to know that I can sync up and if an update comes down, I can just run that update and know that everything on the iPad should continue to work. Whereas with a jailbreak, you've got to be thinking, you know, you've just got to be thinking that step ahead to make sure that you don't make, you know, do any updates. And, um, you know, I agree with Don that, um, you know, that, that's... Well, do, you have, do, you have like, yeah. do you have like multiple iOS devices, one jailbroken and, and one not for your own personal use? Or do you just... Yes, yeah, that, that was the only way I could do it, really. It was, yeah, it was the only way. So what I've done is I've got an uh, original iPad 1, which is jailbroken. And I've got... Uh, I use an iPod Touch. Uh, I wasn't going to buy a second iPhone. <laughs> a bit expensive. <laughs> so uh, I, I use the, the latest generation iPod Touch, which has got the Retina display which is fantastic, so, you know, I can use that. But but even with the, I mean, I still haven't gone through the pain of upgrading these, uh, I can't remember what version they're on, but it's the version that is a tethered jailbreak. So I can't let the battery run down, because if, if the battery runs down, I've got to connect it back up to the Mac and, and do some voodoo chants and do a rubber chicken thing to get it you know, <laughs> even to boot again. It's a real pain. So you have to do that in order to charge it back up? Um, if you let the no, you, you can charge it up anyway. But if you let the battery run down flat, um, or, or if you need to physically reboot the machine, you have to reconnect it to your Mac and and do something, you know, some ch- chants and things to get it to work again. <laughs> so it's not really, a, it's it's not really a, a, you know the best solution. Um, and of course, when they announced version two, iPad two with the uh, mirroring, a uh, video mirroring, I thought great answer to all our problems. But it's still not quite there, although it does work fantastically. I can capture really nice uh, output from the iPad too. Um, it doesn't echo back the taps to the screen, which is mm. something that Display Out and Display Recorder does. It, it gives you a little white disc wherever you tap the screen, so it's easier for people to follow. And unfortunately, the uh, the new iPad doesn't do that. So it's either doing without or, or trying to animate the taps using a, a different package. Which so I'm sort of sticking with the jailbroken devices for now until I can find a solution to do that. Well, I wonder now that um, they do do they do do video out. If the program that it is that you're using, what was the name of that again? Uh, Display Recorder. Right. Uh, now, have they tried to submit that to Apple, or do you know? No, they, they'd never get it through. It uses all sorts of private APIs and all sorts of stuff. So uh, there's no way. In fact, I don't think the developer would actually want to do that. Um, so it's, But he is updating it for 4.3, so we're just waiting on that to be released. And I think there is a jailbreak for 4.3 as well. So when they release uh, Display Recorder... For the latest version, I'll probably upgrade the original iPad and, and yeah. jailbreak that just so I can do my screen capture. To be honest, now I 
personally, this, this my feelings on jailbreaking uh, is this. Whoever it is that has purchased an iOS device, you spent your money. So if you want to jailbreak it or you toss it in the bin or, or whatever it is you want to do with it, <laughs> that's fine. It, it's your device. The only thing that I would say is if you jailbreak it and for some reason it bricks the, the device, don't expect Apple to replace it. You know, buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing which, um, you know, it, it would never worry me about having a go at doing something like that. But it, it's certainly something which, you know, you, you've got to be aware of, certainly, um, yeah. when you go down this route. So, But so far, I've not found um, anything which is, you know, as it were, floated my boat to go on jailbreak. <laughs> so, <laughs> And I, I think that's about it for the, the various stories that we're going to have this week. Uh, yep. Don, before, before we get to where we start talking about apps, why don't you tell people again really, really quickly uh, how they can reach your site and uh, how they sure. can contact you. And, we'll, of course, we'll do it one okay, more time um, when the show's over. I assure you. Well, ScreencastOnline.com, uh, which is the main website. If you want to check out the membership details, go across to ScreencastOnline.com slash extra. Uh, you can catch my blog over at the TheMacScreencastGuy.com, and I'm on Twitter as Don McAllister. And you have a YouTube and channel can I as reckon- well, don't you? Oh, yes, that's of course, yeah. There's YouTube.com slash ScreencastOnline is the, uh, the YouTube channel. And I was just going to say that if anybody, it's worth a, a look over actually at the screencast guy because Don very often puts out a few predictions when we're coming up to, uh, you know, uh, showtime for Apple. So uh, keep an eye on that little blog. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Gaz. No pressure, Don. No pressure at all. No pressure. Do you have an app for us this week, Gaz? I, I think you yeah, do. Yeah, I has. Yeah, I have zombies. <laughs> I have zombies. What did now, you get? Um, well, <laughs> I just thought I've, I've had enough with you coming on every week and talking about zombies and shooting like zombies. zombies. And I know you like zombies. <laughs> well, you like shooting zombies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and so I heard a, 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 a an app called, uh, called Stupid Zombies was mentioned on oh, yet another podcast. I can't remember which one. I listen to far too many podcasts. <laughs> but uh, there's an app. There's an app which is it's basically got a free version and a paid version. And the paid version is still only fifty nine pence or probably ninety nine cents in the yeah. US. It's called Stupid Stupid Zombies, and it's it's basically what you like, which is killing zombies. <laughs> But it's a bit of a cross between between killing zombies and angry birds, to be honest with you. Um, oh, there's odd. a definite likeness. Yes, there's very <laughs> odd. There's a definite likeness to uh, the way the gameplay. It's more the gameplay uh, is very similar to Angry Birds. But there's a free version, Stupid Zombies. Go take a look and, you know, Guy will be happy because more people will be killing zombies. Yeah. Well, I, I, well as, <laughs> as much as I love zombies, I hate zombies. They must die. <laughs> my my app recommendation this week uh, I don't know if I've picked this one before it's called Quick Office for the iOS this is basically it's an office suite for the iPad it gives you uh, a word processor it gives you 
uh, spreadsheet program, or a PowerPoint editor. You can make PDFs, print files, access slide shares, do all kinds of great stuff. You can link it to to a Dropbox account. So, you, so if you're on the go and you don't have a particular uh, document, you can pull it down from there. And it, it's just a great little office app. It's fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents at the iOS App Store and iTunes, and that's from Quick Office Incorporated. Now, Don, cool. you said that you have an app mm-hmm. as well. Well, it's sort of an app, but it's one of these things it's I mentioned on in about uh, a lot of these things. Uh, it's app-ish. Well, it's, there's an app, <laughs> but there's an iOS app, there's an iPhone app, and there's also a web service as well. Um, and I think it only came out today. It's, in fact, I only sort of heard about it today, but I'm pretty impressed uh, playing with it uh, for a short time today. It's a, a service called Squirrel, which is S-Q-U-R-L. And basically what it looks to be is, you know, Instapaper, whereby you can save web pages, et cetera, for offline viewing, and you can save them to a, um, to the Instapaper service, and then you can use your iOS app to go and read them. Well, it's sort of like Instapaper, but for videos. So it allows you to, uh, once you create a free account, it's all free, the apps are free, and the web service is free. But basically you create an account on the website. They give you um, um, a bookmark button. Uh, if you go to a website that's got a video on, you just tap on the bookmark button and it will actually save the video or a link to the video into your Squirrel account. And then you can go to the the Squirrel website or you can go to your iOS device, you know, your iPad or your iPhone, and lo and behold, uh, it appears on there. Um, it's It's got AirPlay configured as well, so you can actually use AirPlay from the iOS device to send it to your Apple TV. Um, but it's got really interesting things. It's got things like... Um, galleries and collections so you can sort of organize your videos and then you can share them as well so and you can see other people's video collections so it's a um, quite a mixture of um of sort of instapaper with a social aspect to it as well and uh, it looks to be um what i've been looking for actually because I'm, I'm happy with instapaper but videos you know i watch a video and i'd like to keep it but do i do do i download it to a mac or do i keep a url as a bookmark but this this sort of gets around all that problem and allows you to to make these collection galleries of uh, of online videos so it's kind of a combination between uh, uh, Facebook and Instapaper. Call it Facepaper. Yeah, it's, it's more, it's more, more of Instapaper. <laughs> it's basically Instapaper for videos. <laughs> That's cool. Um, hey, Gaz, even after all the problems we've had tonight, and if somebody wanted <laughs> to get a hold of you... Well, I think after all the problems we've had tonight, we're probably going to get some contact, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, rotten bastards! And if they, wanted to e- <laughs> if they wanted to email me, they can email me at gaz at mymac.com, or I'm on Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. And I can now, be guy. Reached- yes. Yes. Yeah, go on. Go uh, for it. I, I can, yeah, we're still <laughs> having delay problems. Uh, I can be reached at guy <laughs> at mymac.com, and we'll see how long how long this delay is. Twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. <laughs> okay, it was about a second. Yeah, it's still screwing up. And uh, you can also reach us uh, through Fearless Leader Tim at feedback at mymac.com, and we have a Skype number. Did you know that, Don? That we have a Skype call? Yeah, yes. Yeah, no. Don, Don. I bet Don didn't know that. I I'll, didn't know I'll, that. I'll tell him the number, guy, shall I? Yeah, please. It's 703 
four three six nine five zero one. And the reason I'm laughing is <laughs> this delay is just becoming funny now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's maddening. So, so Don, you need to write that down. That's seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. And if you call it, you will be one of the select few. Who has who has called our squitter number? Our squitter number. Oh my god! A squitter number. <laughs> like a combination between squirrel, Twitter, and Skype. I, I'm losing my mind tonight. Oh my god! <laughs> quick, get that domain name quick. Oh yeah, squitter.com. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Now, Don. That, that, too many connotations that yeah. brings in. Too many connotations. What, one last time, Don, how can people get a hold of you? Sure, yeah. It's uh, screencastonline.com. Uh, well, yeah, I'm laughing myself here. So, uh, screencastonline.com uh, over at uh, the maxscreencastguy.com for the blog and on Twitter as Don McAllister. And if people want to send me an email, it's just screencastonline at gmail.com. And cool. before before we go, I wanted to say thanks to Bob DeGrand, or maybe it's DeGrande or DeGrandee. Uh, he was the latest person to uh, to give us a positive iTunes comment. I have a feeling that there won't be too many more after this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. My well, what they'll time. say is they'll say, They'll say, Don is great, but don't listen anymore because he won't be on next week. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. So thanks, everyone. Uh, thank you, Don, for coming on this week. Thank you, Gaz. And thanks to all of you Welcome. for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. And I'm so very sorry. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'll have to come up with something special. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, I think goodbye is probably the right way to say it. So, oh, let's try and let's see how bad the delay is. We're all at the count of three. We need to all say goodbye or good night. We'll say good night. Okay. One, two, three. Good night. Good night. Good night. No, see. Oh, okay. When you guys listen back, you'll hear how long that was. That sounded perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's go with sounded perfect. Bye, everybody. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to feedback at MyMac.com or call our Skype number and leave a message. The phone number is 703-436-9501. If you enjoyed the MyMac.com podcast, make sure you check out the other family of podcasts, all from MyMac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson. There once was a lady, Eileen, who lived on distilled kerosene, but she started absorbing a new hydrocarbon, and since then she's never been zine. Delays, delays.